Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episode 42 Chapter 36 Sionfa And Cantos 24 and 25 of Dante's Inferno The Thieves Welcome back, one and all. If there's only one of you, consider yourself all, I guess. This week, we are talking about Sionfa, centaurs, and serpents. That's really all I've got for this intro, so let's, let's get on into the show, shall we? Cantos 24 and 25 find Dante and Virgil among the serpents of thievery. This is Malibulge Ring 7, The Thieves. This is one of the most nightmarish circles. It also, to me at least, feels more biblical than some of the others. This circle is full of serpents and snakes, as you might have guessed. It opens with Dante taking a bit of a break and Virgil telling him there's no time for rest. You're gonna be a star, kid. But the only way to get there is through blood, sweat, and tears. You gots to go through hell to get to that heavenly fame. He pretty much tells Dante that if you're not famous, you're gonna die and be forgotten. Kind of like that skeleton dude in Coco. Remember me. Pretend I didn't just sing those words. I couldn't play a clip of the actual song. I wouldn't dream of getting on the wrong side of Disney. I'm not powerful like Ron DeS... Uh, wait a minute. Let's leave the politics out of this. At least, modern politics. In Canto 24, we see naked sinners running and being bound by snakes. When the snakes bite these damned souls, their victims burst into flames and fall into piles of ashes. From the ashes, like a phoenix, they rise and are formed once more, only to be bound and bitten again. Some translations have the sinners just bound by the hands. I think I saw one in which the snakes were binding the sinners' hands behind their backs and then, like, kind of coiling up and around through their legs. Either way, that might make you kind of wonder what Dante was into. Okay, maybe not into. You can write weird things without being into weird things. But it does still kind of make you wonder what his thought process was like and how much thought he actually put into it, because it seems like he put in a lot of thought. But moving on, because as usual, I'm getting slightly off topic here. The punishment for these sinners of being chased and bitten by these slithery serpents, of course, has much deeper meaning in Dante's vision. I mean, it's Dante. Did you expect anything different than some sort of truly deep 
and maddening reason. In life, the thieves took what was not theirs, so in death they are forced to have their earthly form stolen by the serpents. Again and again and again for all eternity. This is also a statement on the act of thievery and its cyclical nature. I guess once a thief, always a thief? I don't know. Something like that. You do it once, you're gonna do it again, Timmy. I don't know why I said that, but uh, we'll, 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 we'll move on. As usual, Dante meets one of the many souls here a man by the name of Vanny Fucci. There isn't a crazy amount known about Mr. F, but here's what is known, or at least what my standard research says about him. And by that, I mean some Google searches, some Cliff Notes, Spark Notes, the Bing flavor of ChatGPT, and of course a few translations of the Inferno itself. So, you know, some places. Anyway, what I gathered was old Van here stole some sort of treasure or trinket or sacrament from his hometown church. That would be the Church of St. James. He blamed it on some dude named Vanny Delanona. A lot of Vannies running around there, I guess. I like to think someone confronted him, and he just answered in the third person, like, hey, Vanny, you steal from the church. And then Vanny was all like, um, Vanny did steal from the church. And then the other guy was all like, wait a minute, it was Vanny that stole from the church? And then Vanny was all like, uh, yeah, it was Vanny that stole from the church. So then the other guy went off to find the other Vanny and promptly arrested him. Oh, and then had him executed. Because stealing from the church is like totes bad behavior that definitely warrants death. Anyway, the fooch was never caught. But, as we all know, God sees everything. Dante notes that the Foochmeister here feels bad and ashamed about what happened. Now, if he was Catholic, and I don't know if he was, but if he was and he felt bad prior to eternal snaky damnation, he could have gone and gotten himself absolved by a priest somewhere through confession. You know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I, like, stole something from the church. And then the priest is all like, oh, that's really bad. Uh, you know, five Hail Marys and Apostles' Creed, and uh, let's throw an Our Father in there while we're at it. You know, that kind of thing. But apparently he didn't do that, so I'm guessing that it's the eternal damnation that really made him realize the error of his ways. Like when you have to sleep on the couch because your significant other is, like, royally pissed. Only that doesn't usually last an eternity, though it can feel like it. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> I don't know if any of you are laughing out there, so I'm going to assume that you are, because I need your approval. 
Moving on and into Canto 25, the itchy, itchy athletes Fuchi. Get it? Fuchi, Vanny, Fuchi, athletes, Fuchi. Anyways, he blasphemes God, and Dante and Virgil take their leave. As they move on, Dante hears some voices from down below and asks Virgil if they can go investigate. You know, because when you're in hell and you hear strange voices, the best thing to do is investigate. This is that part in the horror movie where the unsuspecting teens or college kids escape to the basement, thinking they're finally safe but instead find out that that's where all the really weird stuff happens. They see a six-foot snake down here, coiling itself around one of three sinners. The two merge until the serpent and soul become one, but, you know, like, not in a weird, sexy, sensual way. As the others watch in fear and dismay, another reptile comes out and bites one of them in the stomach. This time, the serpent and its victim stare at one another hypnotically. Again, not in some weird, sensual, or sexy way. It's kind of like that snake in the Jungle Book. Only, this snake isn't trying to eat young Mowgli. Instead, it slowly transforms into the man, and takes on the man's form, while the man transforms into the reptile. The idea is that the serpents, or at least some of the serpents, are the sinners themselves. A snake steals one sinner's form, that sinner turns into a snake, who then goes off to steal some other sinner's form, and so on, and so on, and so on. For all eternity. The symbolism behind this punishment is pretty much the same as the symbolism of the punishment above. You know, the the ones that kept burning to ash, only to come back so they can be burnt to ash again. The same meaning, just kind of a different punishment. The thieves took what wasn't theirs, so they now have what is rightfully theirs, you know, their earthly form, stolen from them. It's like cray-cray, people. Cray-cray. Nope. I'm just not the kind of guy that can successfully say cray-cray. I guess that's okay, Kay. But um Huh? Huh? Again, I'm just gonna pretend you're all laughing out there. Anyways, on to Darker Days of Dorothy Gale, in which we meet Sionfa and Caucus. Though I didn't mention them in the Inferno portion of this episode, they do actually show up in Dante's epic poem, just not in the same form. Caucus is actually a character of Roman mythology and guards the den of thieves. Oftentimes, he's depicted as a giant, the son of Vulcan. I don't know who Vulcan is, I didn't look it up. If you want to look it up, that's cool. If you want to school me on who he was and why he is important, then I welcome the knowledge. But, back to Caucus. Usually a fire-breathing giant. In the Inferno, Dante makes him a snake-covered centaur with a pet dragon. 
That sounds super freaking cool. So I decided what's cooler than a fire-breathing giant or a centaur with a pet dragon? A tattered old man. Yeah, because a tattered old man is definitely cooler. The story of this character is actually pretty interesting, though. He lived in a cave somewhere in Italy. I'm not a geographer. That's about as good as you're going to get from me. He terrorized the nearby natives by eating their flesh. Oh, and nailing his victims' heads to the door of his cave. <laughs> it totally makes sense that I wouldn't want such a boss villain in my own book, right? Totally makes sense that Dante would reduce him to a snake tar, trademark Tyler Martinez, right? Anyway, Hercules shows up at some point, gets fed up with this guy's shenanigans, and eventually kills him. You know, like a Herc do. In the Inferno, Sianfa is one of the thieves being punished here. Don't know much about him. If I have this correct, Sianfa is actually the snake that hypnotizes one of the sinners and steals his form. Of course, though, in darker days, I put my own spin on the thieves. But, you know, I tried to keep the overall theme. I think I did an adequate enough job. Anyways, Caucus isn't really guarding anything here. There aren't a lot of sinners wandering around, but Zianfa is still more or less intact. For this chapter, the idea is that Caucus is safe, so long as he is running from Zianfa. When he stops, it's more or less game over. When we finally get to see Zianfa, we see it in the form of a six-legged lizard, reference to the Inferno here, it attacks Caucus and steals his form, which then attacks Dorothy. The unspoken rule is that once Sianfa comes into contact with someone, it can then take that person's form, much like the snakes and the serpents in the Inferno. We get a true moment of camaraderie here when Caucus slash Sianfa attacks Dorothy. The woodman saves her while Mr. and Vel help her to her feet. With Caucus presumed dead, Sianfa presumed dead, the travelers are ready to make their way out of here. But wait, Caucus, or Sianfa, isn't actually dead, but has now taken the form of Dorothy. Ah, bet you didn't see that one coming, huh? Huh? Okay, maybe you did. Maybe I'm not as clever as I would like to think. But, original idea, not original idea, doesn't matter. As Dorothy, Sianfa murders Vel. Not super ceremoniously, either. I don't spend a crazy amount of time on this moment. Once Vel is out of the picture, all attention turns to the real Dorothy. A fight breaks out, and like a cheap 70s sitcom, the two have been rendered indistinguishable from one another. Mr. and the Woodman, they don't really know what to do here. Good Dorothy kills evil Dorothy, and the chapter ends with Caucus, Vel, and Sionfa dead. This moment 
I feel, works well on the page. It would work well on a screen. But, since this is an audio experience, and I had to use the same voice for Dorothy 1 and Dorothy 2, I feel like it's not that great. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a tad hard on myself. Or maybe it's not just me. I don't know. But to me, when I recorded this, it didn't feel like a smooth process. And when I listened back to it for editing, and again after editing, I just don't feel like it was quite as effective as I would like it to be. Before I get into that usual contact info stuff that most of you probably skip because why not, I admit it, if I regularly listen to your show and it has an end credits and contact information segment, I usually skip it myself. So before you start skipping, if you're interested, here's some light housekeeping to let you know where the show stands and what you can expect in the coming weeks and months and even year. So let's let's do this. A reminder. Darker Days has been written and completed. It just hasn't been recorded yet. So, yes, it will have an ending. It does have an ending. It's still a ways off, but it's it's there. It's clear off in the distance. It's It's out there. The latest episode was Chapter 36, Sionfa. The Inferno portion of the story will conclude with chapter 49, Cositis. So there's 13 chapters of the Inferno left. There's 82 chapters in total. So that means there's, if my math is correct, anyway, 46 chapters left. So 46 chapters, 46 aftermaths. That's 92 episodes. That is... A lot. It's actually a little overwhelming, really. And between part two and three, so when the Inferno comes to its end, I have some special episodes planned. Another recap, an Inferno summary, and a very special video game episode in which I will be reviewing Dante's Inferno, the not-so-classic God of War clone from the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 era. And after all the chapters have been recorded, I will end the show with one final big recap of both books. So, if I haven't lost you yet or bored you to tears, the big takeaway is that there's still, like, 92... I'm not good at math. I'm going to say 92 episodes left. Exhausting. If, and that's a pretty big if, I can manage to drop episodes weekly, that would mean this show would end sometime in May of 2024. But let's face it. I seem to get sick a lot. My schedule isn't always conducive to recording and editing, and... Lots of things could come up between now and then, so we're probably looking more at July of 2024, if all goes even remotely smoothly. So, 
you know, it, it is what it is. Life is what it is. We've, we've got a long yellow brick road ahead of us, and I hope you stick around for it. So, if I missed something or failed to address something you feel I should have, or goofed on my summary of Dante's Inferno, which is always a possibility, please, please let me know. I'm always open to questions, comments, or constructive criticism. You don't have to like the show. Not sure why you're listening if you don't. But like it or not, you can be nice. I know you can. I believe in you. A quick rundown of the ways to get in touch with me is Dark Days of Dorothy Gale at Outlook.com, at Dark Dorothy G on the old Twitter and TikTok, alternately at The Ordinary Sun, that's S U N, on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And of course, if social media isn't your jam, if you're just tired of that grind, there's always the official Dark Days website. That's ddofdg.com. No, that's not Dark Days of Dollar General. You can also find links to t-shirts and stickers and stuff there as well. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale used to be on Amazon as an ebook and in paperback form. But at the time of this particular recording. The podcast is the only way to experience it. If you would like to support the show, buying a t-shirt or a sticker or something really is the coolest way to go. And if you would like to support my specific brand of creativity in a more direct and financial way, you can find me at buymeacoffee.com slash ordinary sun. Again, that's S- you n if you do i will send you a personal handwritten thank you note complete with a fun little sketch and i'll even give you a shout out on this obscure show if you would like me to if you don't want to donate to this cause though i totally get it times be tough they be and i'm happy to do this either way so Come back next time, hopefully soon, for Chapter 37, The Maddening of King Lorenz and the Murder of Lady Gwyneth. Thanks for listening. I love you all. <laughs>